Welcome to the second part of the Hail Maryland podcast. We just recorded the first part where we answered a bunch of your mailback questions. And we're back to do an awards show. Uh, I'm Vivian Shankar. Joining me as always is Jacob Steinberg. And once again, we have our special guest, Alex Stacy. Alex, how are you, man? I'm still doing well. How are you, Vern? Yeah, it's not like I asked you that question <laughs> half an hour ago. <laughs> All right. So we went, so Jacob and I went around the Maryland football beat and sent out a Google form and we're like, hey, could you fill out an awards form for us? Everyone did. Thank you so much to every single member of the beat who uh, put in their responses. And then I went through and I tabulated everything to see what the awards are. We did a bunch of awards. So let me go through them quickly. Team MVP, offensive MVP, defensive MVP, standout freshman, underrated player of the year, best interview, best play, comeback player of the year, potential second half breakout candidate, and finally, best positional group. Now, for a lot of these, I just asked one option for the beat members, but for some, I asked for the top three. And when I did that, I found out, I, I made um, I made the standings by using a point system. Each player got three points if they got a first place full, two points for a second place vote, and one for a third place vote. So I hope that my math is correct is what I'm saying. Um yeah, that's about it. Let's get started with the first award, Team MVP. Alex, you win, Chance Campbell, Talia, and then Jake Funk. First off, you're going to need to defend why Talia isn't number one. So I'm going to be real with you. That was a coin flip. I, I was literally 50-50 between Campbell and Talia. The thing that put Campbell slightly over the edge, though, again, it, you put Talia number one, I'm not going to argue. You put Chance number one, I'm not really going to argue. The main thing that just pushed me over the edge is that if you're looking through the three games, Campbell was consistently great in all three games, whereas Talia struggled in game, in game one. That's really what put it over the top. I'm not I, I'm not going to really, you know, sit here and I I, I don't, if, if Talia's number one, fine. That makes perfect sense. It was kind of a coin flip on my end, but it was just more the game-to-game the -game consistency. Uh, from Chance Campbell. Hmm. Yeah, actually, that's pretty interesting. I didn't think about it that way because when I thought, I was just kind of thinking about like which facet of the game do they control? And, you know, Maryland's run defense is kind of where Campbell needs to make his mark. But that's also not just him. It's also about the defensive linemen, making sure that offensive linemen don't get up. But yeah, uh, Jacob and I went pretty similar. We had Talia in first place. Honestly, uh, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Do we want to just quickly talk about Talia and just kind of how great he is. And like Jacob and I have kind of talked about this. Like I don't like after the first game, I was really kind of down on him just because listen, we'd heard all about this and he just looked shell shocked since then. I mean, he's kind of like, I, I genuinely can't think of one thing he's done wrong, which is really weird to say, Jacob, do you agree? I'm not going to call, but I could probably pinpoint like a couple plays where, I, but overwhelmingly he's been phenomenal the past two games and he was my first choice, but thinking about it, I think, I think Alex makes a really good point because when I initially filled this out, I clicked Talia with ease. And then I went through my responses for a second time. And I looked, I was like, you know what? Chance is pretty close. I still, I still believe that Talia is the uh, the team MVP through three games. But I mean, like Alex said, Chance has been a consistent guy. I mean, he had 15 tackles against Northwestern. I think he had like 14 against uh, Minnesota and a sack as well. And he's been the unquestioned leader of this Maryland defense. But for me, going back to Talia, the, the biggest thing that just 
stands out is just how much belief coach Loxley and his teammates have on him after that first game against Northwestern. The one thing that we heard was coach Loxley thought that that performance was an aberration and so did his teammates. And then when he bounced back the way he did against Minnesota and continued against Penn state, they weren't surprised. They were like, this is what we expected from Talia. This is what we know he is. So that just, to me, is the biggest tribute to him, knowing that not only does he have high expectations for himself, but also his teammates and his coaching staff have them as well. And not only that, but as we talked about on a previous episode, he's just a really well-liked guy. Everybody on the locker in the locker room likes him. Everybody in the locker room is rooting for him. Everybody knows that he's one of the leaders of the team. And I also just think as an added thing, I think it's really cool the relationship that he has with his brother. I think that it's awesome that he shows up to his, the press conferences wearing his Tua jersey after they win. And he always talks about how when they keep winning, he's always going to support his brother. So I, there's a lot to like about Talia. And he's just been a really phenomenal story to watch so far. And I really hope he continues to have the great success he's had so far in the next four games. I mean, yeah, like his teammates love him. They love this kid, right? Like anytime they get to talk about him, it's just, it's not even like, it's not like the canned response. Like, oh, he's our leader. We're going to get behind. No, like they, like they genuinely think he's great. I can't remember who it was that gave the interview, but I, I remember one player was just talking. And like, you, you could see like his eyes lit up when he was talking about Talia and just how much they, they, like how much they rally around this guy. And he seems just like a really nice kid, like really nice guy. And so listen he's transformed what looked like a curse position for maryland so shouts to him alex any any other thoughts there i mean you're pretty much hit, you pretty much hit those are basically my thoughts on talia like he 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 and again this is also just from the, the limited interviews we've had but he just seems so down to earth and humble mm-hmm. and like very very much like a study a study wonk he gets it you know he he's lastly said like he always gets in way early leaves way late like he's always working always getting you know always trying to get better and i mean I, you, you you see it and like you said a position that was you're right it's cursed it's a quarterback <laughs> is a cursed position for maryland there might actually be some stability there for once you know barring you know i always have to throw in the caveat barring any injuries because we all know the history of maryland quarterbacks and injuries but um I mean, through three games, you know, yeah, throw out that first one, but the last two looks really good, and it's not not too not too much to complain about there, for sure. Um, and then so you went Chance Talia Jake Funk, Jacob went Talia Chance Jake Funk, and then I went Talia Jake Chance Jake Funk. We're gonna get to him a little bit later for another award that he swept, so we're gonna hold off on that. But I just think that he's been just really solid for this offense. I think he's been really effective. Going through the overall numbers, Talia had 29 points, which made him the obvious winner. Chance got 18. Jake Funk got 12. And then Nick Cross got one vote, which I thought was pretty cool, just because he's also been really good on that defense. Maybe a little bit less seen just because, you know, secondary, it's good when they don't call your name. Uh, Next up, the offensive MVP. All of us had the exact same order. We went Talia, Jake and then Dante Demas Jr. Uh, looking at the results, Talia had 30 points, Jake Funk had 16, Dante Demas had nine, and then Jayshon Jones had two points. I do want to talk about Demas a little bit. He's been a guy that's, when you say possession receiver, a lot of people take that as like a knock on a guy saying like, oh, that means he can't separate. That means he's like a slant. He's catching slants and that's it. But I, I think when you say possession receiver with Dante, 
dude just catches everything, right? Like, I, I don't think he's had a drop this year. He's really, he's, he's big, right? And so he's able to shield stuff, especially on those RPOs where, you know, a lot of the times you're going across the middle of the field, you're going to get hit. He's, he's unafraid. He's going out there. He's catching things and he's getting a couple extra yards. He's powering through dudes. He makes people miss. I, I mean, I think he's everything you want in like that true X receiver, which is really cool to see. Uh, Alex, do you have any thoughts about Dante? I mean, you pretty much hit it. And we talked about it a little bit in part one of the, of the, of the pod, but he's just so consistent. Um, like, you know what you're going to get from him. He's going to give you a good showing every time. He's, you're never bad, you know, and then you'll, you'll get, you'll get the like big explosive games here and there, but he's just consistent. He's a, he's a solid, he's a solid option, you know? And, and again, I don't think, I, I don't even consider when people call receivers possession receivers, I don't even consider that to be a knock. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think it's, it just shows that they're, you know, they're just sturdy and trustworthy and, you know, and, and it's, it's, they're, they're just solid options. And I think that's what he is. He's a solid option. He's a big guy, physical. Um, I mean, and he, he runs good routes. He, he catches everything basically, unless it's, you know, unless it's a bad throw or well defended, he catches it. So, you know, he's, 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 he's a solid option. And I mean, he's, he's leading receivers, you know, all Maryland receivers and receiving yards right now for a reason. He's their, he's their number one guy. You guys both put it really well. All right. Um, yeah, I think what's interesting to me is kind of like the different types of receivers Maryland has. You know, you got like Jayshon Jones is just like he, he I think I'm kind of like, like Deshaun Jackson a little bit, right? Super speedy guy. You throw like there's going to be some games where he catches two deep bombs and the stats look great. Some games where he's covered pretty well, but he's opening up space for other people. But with Demas, you know, you have like a baseline. The floor is higher with uh, Dante, even though the ceiling's a bit lower as well. Um, so yeah, offensive MVP, it went Talia, Jake Dante, defensive MVP. This is where it gets kind of interesting. Alex went Chance Campbell, Tarheeb Still, and then Jordan Mosley. Jacob went with the same order, but I went with Tarheeb Still, Chance Campbell, and then Nick Cross. Uh, the final results, Chance had 29 points. Tarheeb Still had 15. Nick Cross had 13. And Jordan Mosley had three. I do want to take this opportunity to talk a little bit about the, the young secondary. Do you guys think that what we've seen from the secondary so far is replicable or do you think that it's just kind of bad quarterback play? I think, I think with, with more time and more reps, it can be replicated. Um, I think, I mean, truth be told, the first two games, they were not great in the secondary. Um, They were, you know, they were a little bit better in the Minnesota game than the, you know, than the, than the Northwestern game, but they, they weren't, they weren't fantastic in the secondary either games, even like, you know, they kind of ended on a bit of a sour note in the Penn state game, but they were up by so much. It didn't really matter. Um, you know, but like, cause the, the vast majority of that game, they were, they were pretty locked down, but I also would caution on reading too much into it because Sean, half of Sean Clifford's throws just like missed receivers by five, five, 10, you know, five, 10 yards this way or the other, or like over their head. So I'm, I, I, th- I think I think it can be replicated. I think they have the talent to replicate it. I think it's just, again, we haven't seen that consistency yet, so I think it might take a little time to get there. But I think, I think again, I think the core is there. It, it, it might just take some time to to fully see that potential kind of realized. Yeah, 
I think the other thing, for, at least for me with the secondary is to me, it's kind of a union similar to the offensive line where cohesion is such a big thing where having the same guys is extremely important. And I think the second half of the season with guys like Tarheeb still establishing himself as the number one corner, Nick Cross and Jordan Mosley on the back end. And then whether it's Jacorian or Kenny Bennett, once we have that finalized unit, I think that Maryland's secondary is going to be able to be more consistent and replicate a lot of the success that they had against Penn state, because on the back end, communication is one of the most important things. And the more cohesion and the more time you have with the other players in the secondary, the better that communication is going to improve. So I do, I do have a lot of confidence in this young Maryland secondary and it's a, I attribute a lot of credit to them because as we talked about, Nick Cross is a sophomore, Tarheep still is a freshman. I mean, really the only veteran in that group is Antoine Richardson, the senior who unfortunately suffered a torn ACL last year and didn't play at all and has played kind of sparringly. He's starting to play a little bit more this year. So it's really a, a credit to a lot of the young guys taking more of a leadership role and improving that communication. I'm really excited to see how they continue to improve the next four games of the season. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, the only reason I put Tarheeb over, uh, chance was just because I think the passing defense has been a little better than the run defense. I think that Tarheeb's had like some tough assignments, man. I mean, he they put him on shot Bateman in the Minnesota game. I remember seeing that and thinking, oh my goodness, this could be a disaster. Bateman went like five for 62, which for him is just a pedestrian day. Second game, I think they put him on a uh, Washington from Penn State. And sorry, the third game, they put him against uh, Washington from Penn State. And Again, you know, they had a couple of catches near the end, like you said, Alex, but nothing, no big plays when the game was in reach. Uh, so standout freshman, pretty easy. I think all of us said Tarheeb Stills. Tarheeb Still, I'm making that mistake. So all of us went there for the final results. Tarheeb Still had eight votes, and then Rakeem Jarrett had two. I think Rakeem Jarrett's just a case of he hasn't done it over as many games. He had one big game. Uh, any, You guys have any specific thoughts on that? I mean, we kind of already talked about both of them. Like, yep. J- like Jared's going to be spectacular, but again, he just he, he's right now the four, so he just hasn't had quite as many opportunities. Whereas Tarheeb has been, you know, starting every game as a true mm-hmm. freshman, and he's he's just looked really good locking down the opponents. You know, you know, either top or number two receiver. Um, you know, depending on the assignment he draws for the game, and he's just. He's just really solid, and like he, to be completely honest, entering the season he wasn't even on my radar, and then all, and then you know during some of the presser, uh, during some of the like preseason pressers, Loxley, Mike Loxley kept saying, like we really like Tarheeb Steele, we really like him, he's shown great progress, you know, we think he's going to be one of our top options, you know, and um, and so then he started to get on my radar, and then I've seen him play, and I'm like, okay, this kid is really really good, um, you know, and especially considering, you know, the, the defense hasn't been all, you know, on the whole has not been all that great. And, you know, just to have at least a steady option in the secondary, you know, when, again, there's some, a bit of shuffling at some of the other positions, you know, even if it, even if we kind of know who, who it's going to be going forward, he, he's been fantastic. I don't really have too much else to say besides that. He's just, he's just been really good. Cool. Um, Jacob, you have anything to add? You're good. No, Alex said it well. Sweet. Uh, next uh, category, underrated player of the year. Alex went Ace Ely. Jacob went Johnny Jordan. I went Jalen Duncan. When you look at the results, three people voted for Johnny Jordan. One gave it to the entire offensive line. Uh, Joseph Petrino got a vote. Anthony Pecorella got a vote. Dante Demas got a vote. And then Johari Branch got a vote. I do want to take uh, – let's focus in on the offensive line here just because got a couple of votes there. And I think that this really shows – 
something that me and Jacob have talked about where offensive line is such like a cohesion. All five guys have to be great. And I think that the Maryland offensive lines, like they've had a couple of breakdowns with blitz protections. You've seen that where Italia runs out and makes a great play. But other than that, I mean, like they've given him the time, all the time they needed. And again, part of that is because of the offense they run. They don't run a lot of deep shots. And if they do, you know, it's play action type stuff. It's Talia rolling out. So they, they've been helped. But even the run game, I mean, they're mauling dudes, right? They're moving really well, getting to the second level. I think this offensive line has been a strength of this team so far. Jacob, what do you think? Yeah, I think that whoever voted for the entire O-line, it, 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 I, I was thinking about it, but once it said one player, I kind of just picked Johnny Jordan because he's the veteran of the group. But like you voted for Jalen Duncan, somebody else voted for Jahari Branch. I think any of the five starters you could have voted for on there was certainly deserving of it. I mean, at least for me, just speaking about why I chose Johnny Jordan, as I mentioned, he's a senior. He was a Remington Award finalist at, at, or preseason uh, Remington Award nominee, which is for the best center in the nation. And I talked about it on the beginning episode, the preview episode we did before the year. He's kind of the tone setter for this Maryland defense. He's and he's been really important because when you have a veteran center that kind of that can help a young quarterback like Talia with some blitz pickup, with audibles, with some of the signals, I think it's really beneficial. But like you said, Varun, their their offensive line collectively has just been excellent. And it's been really impressive because Coach Loxley talked to us earlier in the season how he was really confident in the four or five guys that they had starting, but then there were some questions about the depth behind it. And fortunately, as Alex has talked about throughout the episode, injuries is always a question and hopefully they stay healthy. And if they can, this Maryland offense is going to go as far as the offensive line and Talia can go, because if they continue to be able to give Jake Funk big holes in the running game and continue to be able to give Talia time to throw, Maryland's offense is going to continue to have success the rest of the season. Yeah. And I, I fully agree with that. And to just sort of, uh, deviate a little bit just to talk about my ACLE pick. I I'm going to be honest. I kind of forgot about the offensive line. Just be, they've just been, they've just been so good. It's, and it's, it's one, it's, it's weird because like you only, it's one of those position groups where you only really notice if they're bad, but if they're good, you don't, you don't think about it because you just expect, you know, you just expect, you know, that that's the expectations that they're going to be good and they're going to hold up for the most part. And they've been doing that. And honestly, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about it just because, you know, I, I, you know, you're, you're, you're used to seeing it, that position group be a big weakness for Maryland, you know, and now, now that, now that it's actually might be one of their biggest strengths, I, you know, that's almost a testament to them that I, I, you know, you're, you're not kind of not supposed to be noticed if you're on the offensive line, you're supposed to, you know, you, you go there, you, you win your trench battles, you do your job and, you know, you open up the offense for everybody else. And I mean, if I if I could revote, I would revote uh, and probably put the entire offensive line. Um, I mean, they've just been really good. But uh, just to just to briefly talk about my pick with AC Ely, I mean, you know, he's he along with Chance. I mean, obviously Chance Campbell's by far the best defensive player in my eyes. But Ely's, you know, Ely's had a pretty good you know start of the season as well. He's he's probably their second best option in the front seven. Uh, he's third on the team, I think tied for third on the team in tackles. You know, just again, just a consistent, solid presence, and you know what you're going to get from him. He's going to give you a good game every time, and you know, kind of, you know, kind of just quietly goes about his business, does his thing, keeps him in it. You know, can't ask for you know much more from a from like a supporting you know, supporting linebacker to to the main guy. So, yeah, it makes total sense. Moving on to best interview. Uh, obviously everything's been on a zoom. Uh, Alex, you said a lot Rogers. Do you want to explain that quickly? 
Yeah, I just I we I think we only talked to him like once or twice, but the the one or two times we've talked to him, he's been very he he isn't I and this is this is literally this is not a knock on anybody, but he's 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 not given canned answers or you know kind of given the same answers. He is given very eloquent, thoughtful, you know, responses. He's very open, very open to kind of just talking about you know whatever. He, 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 you know, he, he, he just, just seems like a very genuinely nice guy, you know, who puts a lot of thought into what he's saying. And he, you know, and he, and he, and he, you know, and the, the few times he's come to the media sessions, he's always, he's always been smiling and, you know, you know, I, I, I just, I just really like that. I just remember the, the times he's come, I've been like, like, all right, I know he's gonna, you know, he's gonna talk for a while. He's going to be a good, you know, good quote, good, um, you know, just, just seems like a happy, good person um and i i and just in the side i really hope the best for him i know he had a, mm-hmm. a family tragedy last week so um i just hope the best for him and him and his family as as they uh, as they proceed through that yeah of course um jacob you said uh joseph petrino yeah and i think uh lotez is a really good choice thinking back to the probably two or three pressers that we've had with him I, like alex said he's been really eloquent and i echo alex's sentiments completely obviously thoughts uh go out to him and his family with the tough thing they're going through right now but the reason i picked joseph well i picked joseph petrino for two reasons uh i i know varun i was texting you during the press conference there was one writer there who asked joseph about nine different questions about kickers like literally <laughs> and just continued asking so like when i was thinking of a press conference that stood out in my mind that was the one that just like kept coming back to me so that was partially why i chose him but another reason why i chose him was i really appreciated his honesty i asked uh joseph about like missing the 51 yarder um to conclude the first half against minnesota and then making the second one and he talked about how after he hit the upright he went on the sideline he didn't talk to anyone he didn't talk to anyone uh during halftime and then when he came out just like how excited he was when he hit that 51 yarder so i really appreciated the honesty that he spoke with. And I also thought he was uh, pretty eloquent as well, but the, uh, the sidebar of the, uh, I'm not sure who the reporter was, but the reporter asking about nine different questions about kickers definitely uh, made that presser stand out in my mind. I think that was a Penn state reporter too. I didn't rec- I didn't recognize him. So yeah, he wasn't a, he wasn't a, I, I think that was a Penn state there. guy, which is yeah, kind of funny. He was definitely not a Maryland guy. He, <laughs> he kept asking about Penn state kickers and like Robbie Gould and, and Joseph Petrino was trying to be nice. He was like, yeah, like I'm from Georgia. I didn't really, uh, know <laughs> Penn state, so I don't know too much about those guys, but it was, it was really funny. Yeah. That, that was, that, I think that was like the week after the Minnesota game. Yeah. So that's where they put uh, Petrino out there. Yeah. I mean, listen, Without his kick in the Minnesota game, you don't get the uh, comeback. So, shouts to him. That was like a 51-yarder, too. Uh, best play, all of us said Talia's 39-yard run for a touchdown against Minnesota. This is a play, if you don't remember, gets blitzed off the edge, rolls out to the left, and then everything parts like the Red Sea for him. He strolls in, touchdown. I mean, that was just the, – the, the, that was the first time we really saw his speed on display and his running ability. So, that was really cool. Um, another couple of plays I got mentioned were Keem Jarrett's two touchdowns in the Penn State game, and then Jayshon Jones, 76 yards against Minnesota. Again, all big plays. Co- not coincidentally, all of them had Talia involved. Uh, comeback player of the year. Let's take a second here. Clean sweep. Everyone said Jake Funk. I don't think you can really pick anyone else, right? Two ACLs. Dude comes back, and he's been incredible. I think he's averaging over seven yards a carry right now. He had 200 yards in a game this year. 
He's he's the number one back. He's established clearly as a number one back, even with high profile recruits coming in. I mean, I, you, you just can't help but feel good for the guy. He went through so much. Thought he may, I mean, he there's probably points where he thought he may never play again, right? And here he is playing so well. I mean, Alex, you, you've obviously been around this team and seen Jake Funk a lot. Just talk about, uh, I mean, what can you say about his comeback? I mean, it's, it's really quite something because, I mean, you know, two ACL tears, not only two ACL tears in two years, two, two tears of the same ACL in two years. Like that's, you know, that's just awful. And, you know, I've never, you know, my, like, like the, the, the most experience I have is my, was a couple years ago, my mom tore ACL. And even then, like, you know, just in her recovery, I could see just how tough it was. And I, I mean, especially for someone like Jake Funk, who lives and breathes football and has to play a very physical game for his whole life, you know, it must be even more excruciating, especially because he's trying to, you know, get back, to the level he was before and do that twice, like basically twice back to back. It's crazy. And I mean, it's, you know, and it's, it, it's really, it really is kind of also interesting from the team's perspective because they lost their top two rushers last year. So they needed, you know, they, they needed kind of a steadying presence in the backfield just to supplement the pass game. Jake Funk is, you know, I mean, he's always been a very steady guy, but you know, him being there, he's probably by far exceeded expectations. Like, I believe that, if I'm not mistaken, that one game against Minnesota where he rushed for 221 yards, I think he had more yards in that one game than he had in a full season, like any full season leading up, you know, to to, to this year. So, you know, it's, 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 it's really just good, you know, good for him with the injury comeback, but also, you know, he's, he's finally really showing his talent. And I know Mike Loxley said, He's always been a big Jake Funk guy coming out of, you know, Damascus high school. I saw that, like I'm from Montgomery County. So I saw Jake, I actually, I saw Jake Funk play on a senior night because he was playing against my high school and my high school got absolutely annihilated. Jake Funk ran for like 200 something yards in the first half of the bunch of touchdowns. And it's, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm seeing the kid I saw five years ago, you know, you know, under the lights, like, like this, this is, this is who Jake Funk has always been. He just hasn't gotten a chance to show it. And like the times he has, he's gotten hurt. Now that he's actually like healthy and the lead guy, we're, we're really seeing that shine through. And, you know, again, just, just a steady presence out there and, you know, and he can, and he can, and he's tough and he can break off big runs, you know, whenever, whenever, you know, whenever he really wants to. So it's, it's, it's just, it's just good to see for him and for the team. Jacob, any thoughts? Yeah, the two things about Jake Funk that really stand out to me, and I echo a lot of Alex, uh, what Alex said completely, is first just how well rounded he is. He's an excellent, he's excellent in blitz pickup, and he's excellent blocking. And I know Varun, you talked about that on previous episodes, and that's so important for a running back. Just because not only is it important for a running back generally, but especially when you have a young quarterback who already has plenty of responsibilities on his plate, just having a, a guy there that can not only be able to pick up blitzes, but is also really stable in the run game and provides that stability and consistency that Alex talked about. And then the other thing that really stands out to me about Jake is just how humble he is. After he met with the media after that 221-yard game against Minnesota, coming back through all the adversity he did he easily could have said you know what like 
I'm so happy with the way I played. Like, I'm so proud of myself. But he immediately delegated all the credit to his receivers, his offensive linemen, said what a phenomenal job they did blocking. And to me, that's just a testament to the character that Jake has and also why the guys on the team love him. Because when he could have chosen to take all the credit for, for himself, and I wouldn't have faulted him if he did. I mean, the guys had to come back through so much adversary, adversity, excuse me, as Varun said earlier. At one point, he probably had to contemplate whether he was able to play football again. But instead of that, he he delegated all the credit to his teammates, just talked about what a phenomenal job they did all night. And I really hope that Jake Funk is able to continue to replicate the success that he's had in the first four games, because not only is it going to be pivotal for Maryland to have success, but just on a personal and a human level, he certainly deserves it with all that he's gone through in the past. For sure. Um, potential second half breakout candidate. I said Penny Boone. Alex and Jacob both said Rakeem Jarrett. And then some other people said Dante Demas, Isaiah Jacobs, and Ace Ely. I think Jarrett kind of makes sense, to be honest with you. Now that I'm thinking about it, I probably should have voted for him. Kind of overthought a little bit. I, I, the only thing I would say is you could technically say he kind of already has breakout against Penn State. But I don't know. You're, you're dealing with semantics at that point, and it doesn't really matter. Do you guys have any strong thoughts on the subject? Not that I mean, just Jared showed his explosiveness against Penn State, and I think he's going to be a more featured part of the offense moving forward, considering how explosive he was against Penn State. All right. Last question here. I asked what the best positional group was on this Maryland team. Alex, you went wide receiver, offensive line, quarterback. Jacob, you went wide receiver, offensive line, linebacker. I said wide receiver, offensive line, secondary. I'm not going to lie. I kind of didn't think of quarterback as a positional group here. I just kind of thought of it as one guy. So that's why I didn't put it as one of the options, but yeah, you said you chose the other option. And uh, so Alex, what, what, Oh, oh, also we did the point system for this. So wide receivers had 29 points. O line had 16 linebackers had seven secondary had five. And then QB had one vote. Yeah. I I mean, we've talked about the wide receivers a lot and the offensive line a lot, just really like really, especially the wide receiver group, just so deep. I mean, I think there's, what, like five guys you could say that have produced really well all the way down to like Daryl Jones. So they've been good. Um, Jacob, what do you think, what makes a linebacker group such a strong group for this team? I think it's the two guys that we talked about. I mean, Chance Campbell, who's at least in my opinion, the best defensive player. And then who is in serious consideration for both Alex and I and you as well for being the team MVP. and not only having Chance Campbell, but also as we've talked about Ace Ely, who I think has kind of gone under the radar because I think he's underwhelmed a little bit, but he's still a really physical and consistent linebacker. He's excellent in ball pursuit. He's on the field as well. And then you have some of the younger guys like Fanage Gote, who's a very physical guy who's always really energized when he plays. And then a guy like Ruben Hippolyte, the freshman who came in with a lot of expectations out of Florida. He had two sacks against Penn State. So for me, this was kind of a a long-term outlook as well. I think that the linebacker group is going to be key as well if Maryland wants to have success in the second half of the year. But I think that secondary, who you put as the uh, third choice, is definitely a very viable and good option as well. Cool. Uh, Alex, any any thoughts on uh, your uh, decisions? So the main reason I was thinking like the, the, honestly, the third one was the one I was struggling with the most because I'm like, okay, wide receiver and offensive line are just kind of shoe in no brainers for me. Um, but I, I ended up going with quarterback just simply because we're, we're not talking about this offensive success. If the quarterback isn't there plain and simple, the wide receiver group can be as deep as it wants. There's if the quarterback isn't there, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not talking about it. Um, 
and and also that they have a viable backup in Lance Lejean. Like, like yeah, once it, like once you get past those two guys, it, it it you know those are the only two scholarship guys, so then it drops off. But like those top two are so good. You know, again, we're 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 not we're we're not we're not you know extolling the offense if Talia Tungavailoa is not lighting up the score, you know, lighting up the stat sheet every game, you know, and and if and if he's struggling for whatever reason, throw Lance in there. And I mean he's you know, he's more of a running threat than a passing threat, but like, you know, you you can do a you can do a lot with him and it makes the offense click and like and also to be completely honest, like yeah, I think the second the secondary and the linebacking core, I think both, you know, they have their they have their very strong guys and they have I think they have the greatest potential going forward. Um, I'm just like more looking in the moment and in the moment, none of the defensive position groups have completely stood out to me. They've been, you know, they've, they've had flashes, but quarter, you know, again, quarterback, it's, it's, it's the heart of the offense and they've been just fantastic. You know, Tully has been fantastic in the limited time with Lance, you know, coming in either, you know, in a running, you know, for a running play or, you know, just in like garbage time, he's looked pretty good too. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's why I put quarterback third. Yep. Makes perfect sense. That's the last award before we go. I do want to ask, we ask all our guests most of the time when we remember a couple of questions. So Alex, first question, I see the fight finished uh, sign in the background. Are you a, just all DC sports fan? Um, let me, I can, I can answer this question one way. I was at the first ever Nats game back in 2000 home wow. game, 2005 where there's a photo of me and my dad and I have the ticket stub and the little commemorative medallion they gave. So on the baseball front, absolutely. <laughs> on the hockey front, absolutely. After that, it gets, a, it gets a little bit murky. <laughs> um, uh, with basketball, I've, I've never got really been able to get into the NBA, but I do really like the WNBA so I'm more of a actually more of a Mystics fan than a Wizards fan. Um, I'm not, I don't even really consider myself to be a Wizards fan. I just kind of casually like check in. I've only ever I've only ever been to, I think like two Wizards games, and I've been to way more Mystics games. There, I just like I just like the the flow of the play better in the WNBA. It, it's it's a it's a it's a style thing. I, I don't totally love the NBA's like kind of pull up and shoot threes. That's not sort of I, I I like to have a lot more flow in my game of and defense in my game of basketball. So I, per, that's why I prefer the WNBA football is interesting. Um, it's I, always interesting for Washington fans with football, man. I'm getting ready in 30 minutes to go watch the Washington football team. Break my heart. I come from a family of, shall we say diehard Washington football fans and so diehard that my grandma got season tickets in the fifties and we only gave those up this year. Um, Dan Snyder has ruined Washington football for me and I can no longer be a fan of Washington football mainly because of not mainly it's Dan Snyder. I I just can't, I can't, I can't stand Dan Snyder and, and just, no, I, I I don't want to go anymore because I will start ranting and I do not want (laughs) a man who is not, who's not worth my time ranting about, but I was going to say, I, if, we, if me and you started going on like how bad Dan Snyder is, we're going to be here for another hour. Nah, exactly. <laughs> we can't. Nah, yeah. I totally get it. On the Mystics thing, again, they're they're such a cool team. Like them winning the title was really dope. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta Della Don is just like a star. Like she's so 
good. Oh my yeah. god. So good. Like, and they're, they're a team that like this year was kind of weird just because she didn't play. Meesman kind of played a little bit. They lost so, Christy Tasha Cloud like, wasn't she didn't play this year. Yeah, exactly. Happened, right. So like again, I kind of give this year just season's a wash. wash. It doesn't matter. Next year though, yo, you got Tina Charles. Yo, they're, they're gonna be good next year. I'm 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 really excited for that. Um yeah, I agree with you. Fun fact about me and the Nats, I got to go to two playoff games this year uh, on their run. Yeah. The first one was the so the, the the second one I went to was the Strasburg start in game three of the NLCS against the Cardinals. So cool, cool game there. The first one though was against the Brewers. So I remember being there and like I was sending snap uh, snapshots to one of my friends, just like sh- depicting my mood. And I have the picture saved. You could see like the first seven innings. I'm depressed, man. <laughs> I'm so depressed. And then like the eighth inning happens and I'm like screaming. So yeah, that was, that was me, probably the best sporting experience I've ever had. So that was cool. Um, last question, uh, last question. No, second to last question. Uh, you write obviously a ton, write a lot of features. People can check your work out at the Diamondback. What's your go-to album for writing music? What's your go-to album for writing? So I don't actually have like a an album mm-hmm. for writing because I because I actually have an interesting thing where if I'm writing, I can't be listening to music because then I get the words from the music like kind of all jostled in my head. So then I so then it like kind of, so then it kind of throws me off when I'm writing. And sometimes like if I've done it in the past, I will find myself sometimes accidentally just writing like lyric, <laughs> like like random lyrics from songs that have like come out, you know, just from what I'm listening to. So if I'm writing, I can't actually be listening to music. I just have to just have like silence and I just kind of sit down and zone in. Um, the only thing I'd listen to would be like the inner, you know, like the recordings of the interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't have a go-to album when I'm like, doing that but when i'm working i have i have several spotify playlists that i kind of just rotate through depending on my mood um most of my music tastes fall in the uh rock category rock slash alternative slash singer songwriter slash you know middle-aged sports writer dad (laughs) folky country that genre i get a lot of music taste from my dad so um so a lot of just you know kind of older kind of older, more low-key kind of, I don't want to say low-key because I do like some heavier rock, but more, a little no, more kind of low-key, folky country rock kind of stuff. Yeah, for me when I'm writing, I, I get what you're saying. You, like it's hard, but sometimes yeah. words in the background. What I do is, yo, movie soundtracks, instant go, and then like the lo-fi hip-hop YouTube stream oh. that going up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. an awesome other thing. Jacob, what do you listen to when you write? game stories and stuff. I don't normally listen to music. However, when I'm doing like actual papers for school, I'll listen to music to like kind of get myself through it. However, I find that like I'm, I'm a big rap fan, but I cannot listen to rap when I'm writing a story or doing an academic paper because it'll just get me hype and want me to like mm-hmm. do something else. So I like I, I obviously love like sports writing, but it, it'll want me to like go like run and like do something active or like hang out with other people when I need to concentrate on getting an assignment done. So for me, uh, this probably is unpopular, but I kind of listen to country sometimes because it's like kind of relaxing to just like do when I'm when I'm writing. But generally, that's not my choice of music to listen to. It's normally like rap or pop or something like that all right who's your favorite rapper Ooh, that's a tough question name a couple we, we don't got time <laughs> uh i'm gonna say i like i like drake i like um i like migos a lot i like meek uh i kind of i kind of cycle through a lot of different i don't have one go-to guy but i cycle through a lot of different people 
new Drake album probably coming sometime soon. Very excited for it. Not going to lie. Um, uh, I don't have any more questions, to be honest with you. We've gone long. We kept you a really <laughs> long time, Alex. Thank you so much. You know what? You're already the Hail Maryland all-time leader in guest appearances with two. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. You can find all of our Twitter handles in our bio. You can find their articles. Jacob is writing a lot of cool stuff at WMUCsports.net. Uh, and then Alex is writing some really cool stuff at dbknews.com. Yes. Yes. There we go. And then you can find all their great work there. There's no one better for Maryland sports coverage, except for the Hail Maryland podcast. You can subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast wherever you listen on the WMUC sports feed. Until next time, I'm Ruben Chunker, and this is the Hail Maryland podcast. Thank you.